Hey, welcome to the Go Encourage podcast, where I talk to real people about real life, trying to gain insight from their experiences and their thoughts around courage. Today, I'm joined by Ian Smith, who is CEO of a charity called East to West here in Surrey. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hi, Rex. I'm doing okay. Thank you. Yeah, fine. Excellent. I'm so glad that you're joining us today on the Go Encourage podcast. Thank you for coming. Ah, it's a real pleasure to be here. Amazing. Um, I thought we can get straight into it, if that's okay. okay. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask you what your name means to start off. Ian, do you know what it means? I do. I do. It's uh, Scottish for John. Is it? And it means blessed by God. It's Scot- I didn't know it's Scottish for John. Yes, mm. and uh, Scots spell Ian slightly differently. They've got another I in there, right? But mine's the English derivation, and okay. uh, yeah, and yeah. it means sorry did you say blessed by God. Blessed by God. We've yeah. had some incredible names on this podcast. That's a, that's a really good one. <laughs> do you feel blessed by God? I certainly do. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. I do. Where did you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Kent. Oh, uh, I grew Kent? up in Maidstone in Kent uh, for many years. Went to school there. Mm-hmm. Um, was. Uh, born uh, born there um but and then moved up here for work when i finished my a levels um came up here to join the inland revenue and um, work for them for 20 odd years right so, yeah yeah please don't switch off the podcast just yet guys <laughs> he doesn't work for them anymore no, i'm joking i'm joking um good career at the inland revenue i loved it yeah. i loved it i know it doesn't it's not fashionable to say so but hmm. um I work for the uh, collection side, um, so there was always something different every day when you're meeting with people um, and also being in court, uh, going out with a bailiff, lots of different uh, varieties of work. Um, and I just, I felt that I was helping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know in one sense it sounds a bit daft, but I felt that by collecting taxes, I was helping uh, the country to operate. So right, right. yeah, a bit highfalutin for I know. Um, I'm just going to hide my tax figures over here. I haven't quite got <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm just looking there. <laughs> um, so that, that, uh, and then I was very fortunate. Uh, so 10 years into my role, I then joined uh, the management training um, and that just opened my eyes to how people view themselves. Mm. And I was able to, really get into a lot of assertiveness training, a lot of um, self-esteem, customer service, obviously that type of thing. But just the real sense of, again, enabling people to view themselves differently. And it was fascinating to see how how people in the revenue, obviously it was in the revenue, how they viewed what they did and how they viewed themselves. It was a time when they would often introduce themselves as I'm just a... Right. Um, and now whenever I working with my own, my team now, um, I, if anybody says I'm just a, I say, no, hmm. no, ever don't ever say that. And it really used to be with the, obviously the revenue is very hierarchical. Um, so it would be the people on the, uh, lower levels and they would say, I'm just this, hmm. um, and I used to say to them, that's daft to think that because if you're not in the office, people notice immediately. Mm. If the um, office manager isn't there, 
they'll notice, but mm. not for a long time. Mm. But you don't open the post. Mm. You don't answer the telephone. That front level exactly. sort of stuff, yeah. Value who you are and what you bring. And that, and I used to do a lot of work with those guys to try and help them see the value that they bring to the office that they were they happened to be in. How, when would you say that was? What you talking about? Um, so I joined the Revenue 79. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 79. So So a very different world to what's out there now in terms of self-esteem and speaking well over yourself and things like that. Absolutely. No, it was very much, uh, I mean, it was even the days before computers, if you can believe that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So this type of environment where you're thinking about speaking about how you feel, you didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and and the expectation that people saw you as something less than who you were, I think, was a yeah because you were of the role you you were in mm. was prevalent, and mm. and that's yeah it didn't sit right with me. Wow, mm. didn't I didn't think we'd get to that so early in the podcast. Is brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I think it's good. If I rewind a little bit uh, to when you were a young boy, um, did you have an ambition or a aspiration to go down a certain path or? Did you kind of go with the flow? No, I know my, my dad was um, uh, worked in a paper mill that was in our town. Um, I knew I didn't want to do that, but I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. Um, so I studied things that I wanted to do. I studied history because I love it. Mm. Um, I didn't go to university because I couldn't see what it was I'd, I'd want to go and study history, but I couldn't see what I could do with it. Right. And so I chose not to. Um, now, realising what you can actually learn through studying history, I wish I had, but that's 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 fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really knew what it was I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then I was invited. My uncle worked for the uh, revenue up here. He asked, asked me to take on a summer job. And, and kind of the rest is history in that sense. Um, I, I found I enjoyed it, fitted in and, and went from there. Okay. So, yeah. Excellent. Um, and what is it that you do now? Um, well, I'm now a chief exec at Easter West. Um, so Easter West is a local charity. Right. Um, we work across northwest Surrey into the outskirts of West London, into Berkshire mm-hmm. uh, and Hampshire. And what we're aiming to do is trying to support young people who are struggling mm-hmm. to sometimes simply engage with their education. Quite often they are feeling very anxious. They are having behavioural issues uh, and the school want us to come alongside them and enable them to begin to see there is a different response to how they're feeling. Mm. So if a young person is struggling with uh, sitting in class, often it will come out through, they'll just get annoyed with somebody, they'll hit somebody, they'll get excluded. Mm. If we can sit down and find out the root cause of why Right. They are feeling like that and then begin to help them put in place some coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Often we find that what they're going through isn't going to change. Mm. And I, I use this example quite often with, you know, if you things at home are bad, often things at home won't get better quickly. But what you can do, what you personally can do to respond differently to the to what is happening can change and that will make your life more 
effective. We talk about bringing hope to young lives and it's that. If you can change the way you respond to a situation, then you can help bring hope into your life. Mm. Um, Because if you don't change, then you're seen as this, a troubled young person, a nuisance. If doors you, start to close for you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. People just look at you and they say, oh, that's so-and-so. Mm. Um, but if you begin to make the change yourself, then you can also manage how other people see you. Yeah. It takes time. But mm. that's our goal is to really bring hope to young lives, enable young people to make different choices when they're faced with challenges mm. and then to just move on, mm. uh, you know, and yeah how, so how did that come about was this something that happened that because east to west is a charity that's yeah right. and so did you partner with the school in the early days and sort of put yeah, out a it's program? interesting east to west history because we started off very much as um a guy called steve holloway coming in and as an itinerant uh, evangelist mm. who wanted to help local churches be more effective at reaching both their own young people right. but also young people in the community okay um, so he would uh, put on events, he would speak at churches um, and he would speak at local schools. Um, and gradually he brought a couple of other guys around him, Andy Burns being one of them, who was the first CEO of East to West. Mm-hmm. And what they used to do was to go into a school, speak about a particular issue that the school was struggling with um, and then walk away. And the school said to them, it's brilliant what you're doing. We love the fact you're going to do this. But what you're not doing is helping us address it because then Mm. the kids get all, oh, we've got to ask more questions about this. The teachers aren't equipped to do it. And so they uh, struggle to kind of say, well, you've opened a can of worms. So when they asked us then to say, well, can you not put somebody in place in the school to begin to help us? work through those mm. and that's really where we started so oh, we started incredible. with two or three schools in the local area uh, over in Staines mm-hmm. uh, one here in Ashford and um, really began to then um, learn what it meant to do relational support work um, because so, it, so a school it sounded like it was school led then it was the school saying hey can you come in and yeah and help us out. That's that's, yeah. that's wonderful because then you're not coming in as experts saying this no. is how you need to do things. No. It's it's a collaboration between both of you, which is It great. is. And it, and it was the sense that we could help them work through a large number of different issues as well. Mm. It, we weren't specialists in uh, abuse or anything like that. We had, but we had skills across a broad range of, um, and it tr- attracted very different people. Mm. Uh, to come and work alongside us. Yeah, so the kinds of people who work for East to West um, come from a range of backgrounds, but the common thing is the passion for young people. Mm. They really want to see those young people experience hope Mm. and begin to make different choices. It's interesting because we often think that we want choices that we would make for them. Right. If you think about it, you know, you can see a young person making a choice that's going to go down the wrong direction. So, of course, you want to get them to make the choice you would make, given all your experience Mm. and given all of your life experience. But one of the key things is try to help them understand the choice they can make without all of that. Right. And that's one of the reasons why we 
always speak to schools and say to schools that we will work with a young person as long as they need us to work with them. Yeah. We don't see this as a short-term sticking plaster. Sometimes young people need that. And that's fine. But really our strength lies in the fact that we will walk that journey with a young person mm. for as long as they need us to do that. Right. And, uh, and for some young people, we've worked with them for a couple of years. Okay. Some we've traveled the journey all the way through from the year seven through to year 11. And I remember one of the team um, just celebrating a, a cohort of youngsters that they, she had worked with right through that period, seen them do their GCSEs and move on. And move on, wow. And, uh, and, it, and that exhilaration at seeing them actually sit their exams mm. was, was something it was lovely to see. Um, and it wasn't a question of did they do well. Sure. They sat them. Yeah. Man, that was a major achievement for those youngsters. And, and, and you know, to put it into context there, you know, to touching on what you said earlier, um, this young person could have been expelled. Oh. And would yeah. never have had that opportunity no. uh, because they're reacting to maybe things that are going on at home, like you said, or, yeah. you know, an experience in their life or something yeah. like that. But here's an opportunity to actually put that to one side, maybe. Can well, I use that language? Or? That is absolutely. In fact, it's interesting because it's... Um, Sometimes a school will say, look, you're the last chance. Say to our team, you're the last chance. Um, and it ends up with that young person staying at the school. And and, and that's really great um, if they can, um, because of the choices they're beginning to make. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. And of course, we're not miracle workers and we're not the silver bullet. Mm. But what we always want to do is try and help a young person, an individual young person, mm. make the right choice for themselves. Mm. Um, you can't always do that. Would you say it comes under counselling then? Or is it no, looser? it's looser. Um, we do have counsellors, professional counsellors, and we've got those in four schools and they're doing an astonishing job and they work in the same way as it's relational, it's long-term, it's an investment in high-need young people mm. because the schools are evidencing a lot of higher-need youngsters. No, when I talk about relational support work, it's a very distinct skill set that says, I'm working with you to hear what you are saying, understand where you're coming from, begin to reflect back what you're saying mm -hmm. so that you can hear it through your own ears and then begin to think, if I do that, then what? What different choice could I make? Mm -hmm. So we might not go back into... Um, the the issues they face when they were young children but what we'll do is we'll say because of that you are here mm. now what can we do to make the future different for you mm -hmm. so youth mentoring uh, that i suppose would be something which some people would get uh, the reason we call it relational support is because we want to develop the relationship with mm. the young person um, and it's different to then what happens normally within a school where teachers, the ELSAs, the other team, the, the inclusion managers, they've got a very limited amount of time to really work with the young person mm -hmm. simply because of the sheer number of young people. If you've got 1,400 people in a school, mm -hmm. you don't have the time that we have where we can work with group, you know, 20 or 30 young people at any mm -hmm. one point. So, 
Amazing. And what? Where did you say you cover in in the UK? In, so in we're across Northwest Surrey. Northwest so Surrey, in, uh, Spelthorne, Elmbridge, Woking. Right. Uh, we've got uh, schools in Runnymede and in Epsom. We're also over in Basingstoke. We've just started at Reading, and oh, um, and we're also into a number of the schools in West London. Um, so it's it's broadening out. We've grown. Over the last uh, year and a half, we've grown from uh, 15 to 18 team members to now 40 team members. 40. Wow. In the last, sorry, 18 months? In the last 18 months, And how long has East East to West been going? 25 years. 25 years. We celebrated our 25th last year. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I I guess with that, I'm assuming with that, you've had lots of students who've who've, um, given some feedback and and, and said how it's helped their life, etc. Oh, yeah. It's been great feedback. Um, One youngster we had just last week who, um, the primary age youngster, and he came up to the the relational support worker he was working with and just said, I didn't know I could manage myself. I thought I was like this. Mm. Um, and, and now I know I can. Mm. And it's that, it's that kind of thing that you just see young people make, again, making different choices, Mm. um, about what they can do because they know now they can, they've got that Mm. opportunity, but it takes time. Mm. Relationships don't grow within one or two sessions. They, they need time to invest in them. And the young person needs to know you're there for them and you really want to hear what they're saying not simply to arrange or to get to a point. Mm. Um, and I, I wasn't going to ask you this, but it's come to mind. Um, just the power of structure. So, so that consistency in terms of building that relationship, creating those spaces where you've got time with that person yeah, and then allowing for, for freedom within that structure. So you're not giving them a set program or telling them what no. to think or what they should do. Or, no. you know, studies have shown if you do this, et cetera, et cetera, it's no. just empowering them to go, you have a choice in, in the yeah. way that you want to move forward. Yeah. I mean, obviously you might use worksheets. You might do some things which kind of help them understand that anger Mm-hmm. builds up this is why anger might build up identifying mm. it mm. but ultimately yeah you just want a very uh free and easy focused conversation mm. but as much as possible simply giving them the time to talk amazing it's great things are great what you do <laughs> as an organization <laughs> thank yeah thank you and what's it like uh sort of trying to steer the ship there with with east to west for you well, I've, I've been doing it now for the last uh, three months. Um, so it's a very different, it's very different moving into the CEO's role. But, uh, just to say three months moving into the role, but you've been there. Oh, I've been with East to West now for two, for 13 years. 13 years. So, yeah. so you, you're part yeah. of the culture, you're oh, part yeah. of the family there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's... Again, I think it's all about people. Mm. I think what we want to do as an organization is support young people. What I want to do personally as moving into this role and what I've always wanted to do as I was head of operations for the last 13 years. What I've always wanted to do in all of those roles was to enable the team to do what they did well. Mm. Um, Because if they're worried about 
stuff at the back, they're not going to focus on that young person. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to say to the team, you are well-trained, you're valued, and you can just simply focus because you can rely on us to get the other stuff right. Mm. And as a CEO, what I've come to realise is how important our values are again. Um, And for... uh, uh, and what I've begun to do is really begin is think about what do those values mean to uh, somebody who's been here for 10 years, somebody who's been here for 10 months, mm. somebody who's been here for two months. What do those values mean? What does it mean to say that we are compassionate, that we are community? What, what does that mean to you when mm. you're in a school, you are faced with the third young person who's just tried to self-harm them? You know, what is that? And... So for me, it's about enabling the team again, not only to feel safe, mm. but really begin to think what are the roots of our work? Mm. What is it that we're... Re- because people do relational support work. They call it different things, but they right. do it all over the place. And that's brilliant. Many other organisations that we partner with do do that. I think what's distinctive and what I really want to see the team get is the sense of the ethos behind it. Right. Um, that enables relationship to be genuine relationship, mm. not a transactional relationship. Mm. So I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, that's really but, good. I'm starting yeah. to think about relationships in general, you know, outside of this. And that's, that's kind of how it works, isn't it? Is to have that relationship, that growing to know someone, going, growing, I mean, I'm thinking marriage and, and, and couple relationships, but mm. across the board, your siblings, your friendships and yeah. stuff like that. You know, if it's transactional, it's, there's not really much in it, um, much longevity in no. that. But if it's because you're interested in the person, you value the person, etc., um, you know, there's, there's, there's power in that. And there's a, there's a release in terms of being vulnerable. There is. And I think what it actually says to the team member is that I'm valued because of who I am, yes. not what I bring. Mm. I think for too many organisations, and I've seen it in Christian organisations as well, unfortunately, that sense of you value somebody because they add value to your bottom line. Mm-hmm. People shouldn't be valued for that. They mm. they will be because ultimately you've got to exist, but they've, they're valued because they're valuable. Mm. And helping people to see that, then they they bring the change in their own thought process. The the sense of seeing them grow their in their own confidence, their own ability to speak about what they're doing, that grows with it. Mm. And then because they know that they're valued for who they are. Um, That's good. Yeah. And there's, there's courage. There's courage in that because you could be just a number, a statistic. You could think of yourself as a number, a statistic, a label. Mm. This is my function. This is what I do. I take the boxes. I go home. Yeah. Um, but we're looking at it from the perspective of actually you're valuable for who you are. And therefore there's courage in that in, in terms of lifting yourself up, encouraging others in the team to be the best that they could be. Yeah. Uh, again, not in terms of the output that they're, no. they're, they're putting out there, but, but actually who they are on the inside. And, and I just love the way it ties in with what you're saying to young people mm. as well, because it's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely the same thing. Um, and I think courage comes in because for every one of the team, they've made a choice to join. 
mm-hmm. east to west. And some have left or made, they could have gone in one direction uh, and they've chosen to join east to west because they've seen what they difference they can make mm-hmm. in the lives of a young person. And I think those kind of choices do do take courage. You know, I can earn X amount doing this, but I'm going to choose to earn Y amount mm. doing this. Mm. And that, and it's not always a financial thing, but it actually takes, you know, I'm, I'm making a different, mm. definite choice to do it this way and for this reason. Mm. Um, and I think as an organisation, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing and where you're going to say no. Right, And I think if a school said to me, um, I would like you to come in, you've got to do it this way. And it's not, it doesn't allow us to be relational with the young people. Then we've have said no. Mm. And that takes, because it's an income stream. Sure. If I'm being brutally honest. And you've, you know, why, why say no to an income stream? Mm. Well, because it doesn't allow us to be relational mm. with those young people. Mm. Um, and there are plenty of other organisations out there that will do that for you. Mm. Go use them. Absolutely. This is what we bring to the table. And, and I think um, that's, that's the beauty of having vision. Because when you have a vision, yeah. um, you're going in a direction, aren't you? You're casting vision. We're about this and this is where we're going. Yeah. Um, and anything doesn't, that doesn't line up with that vision... Um, can sort of be left on the side, yeah. uh, which which can be scary because we live in a world which we don't want to miss out on things, and yes. we want to we want to yeah. be all things, you know. We want to be able to mm. to help everyone, but actually, sometimes when you help everyone or you try to help everyone, you end up helping nobody because you're not in yeah. alignment with your values. So, well, that's it. I always um, one of the things that I uh, I've taught in and I've read a lot of Jim Collins books, The Good to Great, Built to Last, that kind of thing. One of the things, and I was saying this to somebody just yesterday, he talks about what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What are you best at? And what drives your income stream? And he said, where's the intersect, the Venn diagram? Mm -hmm. That's where you focus. Mm -hmm. So if you're working with young people uh, and that's your focus, don't work with old people. Mm -hmm. It's that sense of where... Where's your focus? Mm. Because you're passionate about it. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. Um, yes, you want to be the best at it, but really it's where does your passion mm. lie? But it helps you then focus um, on what it really means about bringing hope to young people. Mm. It, it, it's really, really important. What was the name of the book and the author? And I'll put, it, I'll put a link in the description for anyone who's listening. Jim Collins, uh, Built to Last, Good to Great is brilliant. And he's also done a smaller book, which is focused on charities because Good to Great is very much about corporate America. Right. But he's also done a, a smaller monograph on what it means to uh, apply these principles to charities. Okay. Definitely worth reading. All right. You heard it here. Ian's recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really good, Ian. Oh, I could ask you loads of questions about East to West. Um, but what, what we'll do is we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pause. We'll come back. And I uh, just want to ask you a few questions about yourself. Uh, so that people can uh, learn a little bit about yourself, if that's okay. Okay. So um, I would, it's a question I throw out there to people who come on the podcast, and that is, would you say, this is a series of these, bear with me, would you say that you lean more towards being an introvert or lean more towards being an extrovert? Definitely an introvert. An introvert, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
you source energy from um, having some alone time and processing. Yeah, I, I need that time. I like cycling uh, generally by myself because you can think and process, mm. um, do a lot of reading. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy time by myself. What kind yeah. of things do you read? Um, primarily historical, um, nonfiction, uh, a lot of things about the, the World War One, World War Two. Oh. Um, always interested in military history, uh, the impact it's made on the wider society. Um, just getting a sense of obviously battles are battles, but also how the individuals um, who were involved in those battles went, what they went through, that mm. type of thing. So Excellent. You know, wow. strategy is always interesting. You know, I'm making yeah. connections with East to West again with that, <laughs> you know, giving what choices did people make, you know, given yeah. the circumstances. Exactly. Um, have you heard of the love languages test? I've heard of it. Um, it's not something that, I mean, people talk about it. It's not something which has ever struck me as mm-hmm. something I'd want to kind of jump on. But uh, uh, Why is that? Why is that? If you don't mind me asking. I love... I use and I enjoy personality tests. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I mean, they just, they are. I know they're not tests, personality assessments, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. But I'm always concerned, um, particularly around love, that you can get pigeonholed. Mm. Um, and, and I want to see what that means in a love relationship to just learn from one another rather than take a test and say, Oh, I love to serve. Oh, okay, then. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah. Because there's so much, we're rounded characters, Mm. we're rounded people. And we need to understand that serving looks very different in this relationship as it did in this one. Mm. And how we interact. And the, and again, the choices that we make in those interactions Mm. will determine health of a marriage mm. um, not the fact that i'm ticking this box sure, so, sure. yeah i yeah probably I, that's not a popular view but no that. no actually it's, it's funny because um i come across people who are kind of split between the two um i think not that you asked but my, my opinion here is um i think it's good to bring language it's good to, they're, they're good these personality tests are good to understand yourself a little bit better yeah yeah. Um, and then they're also good to bring language when you're trying to explain how you might feel or how you might recipro- reciprocate or yeah. receive love, I should say. Yes. Um, which is great. But the danger is if you use them a bit like a horoscope and then you say, well, actually, I'm a Sagittarius now, so I cannot yeah. function if I'm not with another Sagittarius or whatever yeah. what other horoscope well, I think, names and I, and I think too that well, we've, we've just gone through a series of these um, uh assessments at, at uh, east to west and they're really helpful to begin to think how does the team function mm. um what are the strengths that you bring to the table so th- they're helpful but as i say if all i say is well your genius uh, is working geniuses um is, is that the name of the assessment it's six types of working genius oh, yeah okay. by lencioni which is i mean phenomenal anything, anything by lencioni is brilliant um, but if I say to somebody, well, you've got a work in frustration in inventiveness. Mm-hmm. So I won't even begin to ask you mm-hmm. to invent a, a solution or begin to think about an invent. I'm cutting off right. somebody who could come up with something just because it inspires them, interests mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm 
I, I, they're helpful as, as a good guide mm. to how you engage with people, but they mustn't be seen as the, the be all and the end be all. all. And end all. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, would you say you lean to your logical side more or yes. more to your emotional side? Nah, logical. Logic, history, yeah. logic, inland yeah. revenue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I remember um, when I, I was exploring faith, I, I came and lived up uh, here uh, and got to know some people who went to my church. And um, I, I actually, she was my boss at the time. And f- they they talked to me a lot about faith. They talked to me a lot about Christ and, um, and I didn't, I mean, it, it was interesting. It was helpful. I answered a lot of questions, but it was not until somebody one, one Wednesday evening went through and said, here's Christ in the old Testament. Mm-hmm. Here is Christ in the old Testament. Here's the out, outworking of what, what the old Testament said. Mm-hmm. And it was that sense of God used that to say, Okay, here's here's the reality, here's the and okay. and I accepted Christ, and it was, you know, was it logical? No, God was at work in that, but it's that sense of He mm. used my that I kind of I wanted to see the process um, that was really important to me. Okay, yeah. sure. um, are you more of a make things happen person, or do you kind of go with the flow? You got to watch what you say here because you're CEO of. Uh, yeah. Not an organization. I was just thinking, <laughs> who's going to watch this? Um, I like, I don't know about making things happen. I like, I feel it's important to be in a place where I can influence what mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. We had a long discussion, um, a, a, an elders meeting, just about kind of where, what was it um, that you felt you would miss? Mm. Is it about control? Is it about, and, and I realized it's not about control. It's about influence. So I want to be, I like to be in a position where I can help influence Mm -hmm. what is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not necessarily, it would almost go in the way I feel it should do, but I've helped shape Mm-hmm. the way it's going to go. Right. So, and if you've read much of John Maxwell's stuff, but he, he, he says leadership is influence. Yeah. And the two are, uh, you know. Yeah. The 21 thing. irrefutable rules. That's it. That's it's it. it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, what's a good compliment that you remember that's been said about you? <laughs> I'm sure there's a long list. Uh, I'd like to think so. Um, I think kindness actually uh people would say i'm 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 kind um and I care um I don't always show that um but that's I think that's what some people have said about me mm, okay yeah that's good. I wanted to ask you in terms of productivity in terms of getting things done in your day and setting yourself up for that, do you have a routine or a habit or a system in place that you use on a day to day um not really. I, I I certainly want to, I always sit down and want to get my emails cleared, um, all the important ones before I start to interact with people. I always try to get in early in order to do that. I mean, one of my challenges has always been that I need a goal mm-hmm. uh, ahead of me. So if I'm going to 
go and do a cycling training, it's got to be because I'm going to be riding for something right. in the future. If I'm learning the piano, I've got to do grades. I can't just play mm. play for pleasure, um, that kind of thing. So I think I've always struggled with kind of having a routine that doesn't lead to achieving something. I mm. uh, don't know why, but that's... No, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That's good. That's why, you're, that's why you're a CEO as well, because you, you have a vision, right? You yeah, want to go somewhere. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, totally true. Yeah. Amazing. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, all right. So I wanted to ask you this big question and we can break it down if you like. But when you think of the word courage, um, what comes to mind? What does that word mean for you? To my, I think it means the ability to look at things and change. Mm. Um. And it can be change your response to it, or it can be try and change the situation. Mm. Um, I, I'm very conscious that for many of us, you're going down a certain route. Um, it's comfortable. It's easy. You just keep on going down that road. And you know that ultimately, you know, some nice things will happen. And then you're faced with a choice. And... The courage is, do you, in a sense, park the easy route and go down the harder route? Mm. And that for me is what courage looks like. Mm. It's making that choice. And going against the grain if need be. Absolutely. Uh, and sometimes, <laughs> interesting to want to think about my earlier comment, but it's almost not, not making the logical mm. choice. It's, mm. it's saying, actually, I feel there's a real value to me being involved in this and therefore I will, uh, I want to mm. engage with it. I think it's right to engage with it. Um, and definitely there are times when you will say, believe, do something which others find difficult to understand. Mm. And, and you need to know a, have a confidence that what you're doing is right mm. then. Yeah. So I guess there's a, you, you touch on the word confidence. I think that sounds like that plays a key part in your understanding of what courage looks like. Yes, it does. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so keen that people, and I'm not talking about just self-esteem just because you know the buzzword, but that sense of having a sense of self that says I can and then because you need that confidence in yourself in order mm. to make a different choice. Um, and it goes, well, I was saying earlier, if it goes back to um, I'm just a, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what you think you are just a, then you won't say to yourself, well, when I'm faced with this choice, which may not be the easy choice, because I'm just a, I won't go down that road. Yeah. If I say to myself, I've, I've got a sense of who I am and whether you're a Christian or, or not, but if you're a Christian, a, a sense of who you are in Christ, mm -hmm. then I believe that you can then make that choice to say, I have value. Mm -hmm. I have, I can feel the call of God. Mm -hmm. I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, and I think too often we don't go down that road. Mm -hmm. And that for me is courage. And, and for someone listening who, might not live in that world mm. what you're saying is um who i am in christ is 
is linked with I am a valuable human that this creator of the universe has created for a yes. purpose. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's a sense of I'm, I'm valuable. Yes. I, I matter. Yes. You know, absolutely. Um, and then when you were talking about, I'm just a, I'm just a this or I'm a just a that. And therefore I don't have the power. Um, Rosa Parks and other people in history who yeah. weren't people of, you know, large influence were able to make huge decisions that had yeah. a ripple effect. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah, and humanity. I think it's, it's again, they chose, mm. they had a sense that today I'm not going to. Mm. And I think, and, and sometimes you're faced with that kind of almost dramatic mm. opportunity, but a lot of the times it's, a day to day, I'm choosing to do this. I'm choosing to say this. I'm choosing to act in this way, um, and it's and I don't know what the impact is going to be. And I think that's for uh, is is also the big thing around courage. You don't always know what's going to happen. Mm, it's a great point. Um, uh, 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 but you still feel this is what I have been asked to mm. do. This is what I've been called to do. And even if you're not of faith, that sense of understanding that you are a, a valuable human being mm. and therefore you can make a choice to make a difference in somebody else's mm. life. You know, it's not walking by on the other side. Yeah, totally, totally. That's really good. I, I, I like the idea of not knowing what the future is going to hold um, has nothing to do with whether you're courageous or not. No. Because um, what, what history has shown us, um, and you'd probably know a lot more than I do because I don't, <laughs> read a lot but from what from my understanding is when you when you operate from a place of fear and you act like you're, you're courageous mm. uh, you tend to fall into well i say tend there's a danger of falling into a tyrannical sort of you know uh structure yeah uh, which is which is not which is not courageous actually that's fear and control isn't it it is it is and i think uh, again it's this whole sense of what's the prevailing you know it's you think back to Big Brother, 1984, you know, it's that sense of um, do I simply, because the world says this, mm. then that's what the world is. Mm. Um, that's not, that's not courage. That is, I'm just surviving. Mm. And I think that's a fundamental difference. You can survive and you don't know that that's all you're doing. But in many ways, that's what you're doing. You're surviving or you're taking, I was going to say taking control. That's not true. But you are courageously making a different choice mm -hmm. and, and, and you don't know where that's going to go. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> so many people do it, right? Yeah. On a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Um, the alarm button hits in the morning and you just climb out of bed and mm. you go, oh, I need my coffee or I need this. Yeah. And you're just surviving moment to moment just to get to that next bit. Oh, I've dropped mm. the kids off. Or, yeah. oh, I've got to go pick them up now. And then by the time your head hits the pillow, yeah. you're, you're, you're beat. And then the same cycle goes on and on. Yeah. Whereas um, I think a lot of what you're saying today is being empowered to know that you have a choice, mm. you know, um, you have value and you have a choice. But I think what I wouldn't want to, anybody to think that in a sense the day to day is also not courageous because there's mm. many, many people who are making, getting up in the morning is tough because they don't know what the day is going to hold. Agreed. You know, they're, they're looking after children who are 
struggling with autism or, or whatever else. Mm. And that day the child might be really great. Another day they're going to be awful. And mm. But again, they do still get up in the morning. They mm. still uh, love that child mm. and they still continue to work mm. with that, uh, that youngster. And I think there, there's so many different forms of courage. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, that the day to day is also for many, many people a courageous act mm. because, you know, why would you get up, you know? No, I agree. And I think that's part of why going courage exists is, um, you know, we're not as much as it, it's incredible to hear stories of people climbing Mount Everest and things mm. like that. And if you have climbed Mount Everest and want to come and talk about it, you're more than welcome. <laughs> but what I'm really interested in is, is the day-to-day lives of people and, and, and what kind of things come up, what obstacles, what barriers come up and, mm. and how they tackle that, you know. Yeah. Um, and quite rightly so, you just, uh, you mentioned earlier, quite rightly so, and not knowing what the result's going to be, no. it takes courage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Excellent. It does. Um, is there a book or a movie that inspired you to be more courageous in life? Anything stand out? Oh, gosh. Um, I think partly because I read so much history, uh, there have been many people in history, uh, military leaders primarily, who have inspired me because they've they've chosen to do something different that's and again this whole sense they didn't know what what that would lead to mm. but sometimes it led to victory but they it didn't always um it there was one film um it's an old film now um called Dunkirk oh, and yeah. it's a it's a fictional story um about a group of um soldiers who were left behind battling to get back to the beaches in Dunkirk. And there's this corporal who never wanted to be a corporal, but was, was, Mm -hmm. who could have easily just said, oh, we'll just surrender. You know, we've got a hundred miles to go. And yet he kept pushing. He kept his men going to get to the beaches, Mm. to get off, to get home. Um, now, he didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't even know sometimes where he was mm-hmm. or where the army was. But that sense of we had to do something different than simply say, oh, okay, we give up. Mm. Um, that always, I've watched that quite a few times, it's always inspired me to think of how he, the choices he made. Mm. Um, there are, you know, obviously there are business books. Um But it, there's no one particular. I, I just love people who look at a situation and says it doesn't need to be like this. Mm, yep. That's the thing. That's the thing. It doesn't need to be like this. Yeah, that's good. I think there's a personality test, uh, touching on personality test, but I think one of them is the reformer who who looks at, what's going on and 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 tries to make the best of it but then also says maybe this isn't the best way to do things let's yeah. reform the system let's move forward in a way that benefits yeah. not just a few but but many yes um which kind of ties into what you're saying there yeah i think so can you think kind of, of an example are you welcome to give more than one example of a of a time where you really had to put it on the line and and take a risk and dig deep and <laughs> go for it 
Um, well, personally, mm. I had done 20 years in the revenue, um, just been promoted and, and I had done some work with a Christian mission organization in uh, training in people in working together, bringing churches, bringing agencies to work together. And, and I thought that was simply a volunteering thing and that would be it. And then they asked me to join them. Mm-hmm. So it went from a steady job, having just been promoted, uh, with a good pension at the end of it, um, to raising all my own support, joining an organisation um, that was new and young um, and knowing, you know, and really, and, and with Barbara, my wife, uh, t- taking a real sense of this is a leap of faith mm-hmm. because the, the safe or the safe thing is to say, oh, thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. um, but I felt it was absolutely what God was calling me to. It, he had been preparing me for it um, in the way I was involved in the management training for the revenue. Um, I felt that there was a specific time when he had he had very clearly said um, that I would be uh, acting as a, a missionary at some point. Uh, working for the revenue didn't seem to equate with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, the part. Yeah, well, that's right. But God has his own ways of enabling that to happen. And that's where the management training fitted in. But it was that sense, yeah, of you're leaving a safe and secure in, uh, role to join, uh, to go and try and work with people across the world who were struggling to understand how they could work together. Mm. Uh, and then... That came to an end after just three years uh, and or that particular role. And again, it was that sense of why, why, why bring it to an end? Mm. You know, you'd asked me to do this. Why? Mm. Um, and then other opportunities opened up. And again, it was that sense, though, do I go back to the revenue? That's safe. Mm. Do I move on? And I chose to to move on into another organisation mm. and was there for a number of years before joining East to West. Right. Um, so from a personal perspective, uh, that is very much for me. I think what's also inspired me are when I've been abroad and I particularly remember in the southern part of the Philippines, I was talking with a church leader um, who was running... Um, well, he was running a program for street children. He was running it in an old meat market. Oh. So can you imagine what that meat market was, right. was like? Um, but he, again, that he was courageous. There are many, many others who are like him, but he just sticks in my mind. He was courageous because he said, I can make a difference in the lives of a few of mm. these children. Mm. Um and 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 then went out to make it happen. Right. Whereas he could have sat in his church and mm. and he didn't choose to do that. Again, that for me is 
it was real courage. Mm. Seeing so many connections in in some of the stuff you're saying today in terms of your life, because um, that lines up so beautifully with East to West as well, right? Well, it's interesting because that pastor, although he he doesn't know it obviously, but he was directly responsible for me joining East to West. Oh wow! Because I was I was watching and talking with him. And so much of what he was concerned about was, I don't know where tomorrow's money is going to come from. I don't know where the food's coming from. I haven't got the organisation in place. And it made me realise that what I believed God called me into was operations. It mm. was the the back office, making sure things are in the right place. And so... Um, when the opportunity with East to West came up um, unexpectedly and completely out of the blue, again, I felt God was saying, go here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was another step of faith because, again, it was a, a young organisation um, and I didn't know where I fitted mm-hmm. in that. And with the history of you joining the previous organization that was quite young as well. Yeah. Would you have had some of those thoughts that if I join this one, is it going to be long term? Is it going to be short? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So yeah. To push into some courage there to, to, <laughs> to take that leap of faith. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember when I was, um, when I got turned 50, I was just praying that the, bear in mind, I still had a revenue mindset. 60 was the retirement age. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> here I am. No. But um, but that sense of really praying that the last 10 years, as I saw it, would be, would count mm. uh, and wanting to make it count. Mm. Um, one of my fears has always been the sense of just drifting into something instead of making a choice. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, yeah. It's empowering, isn't it, when you have that choice? Um, and it's and it sounds throughout this conversation you've referenced your Christian faith and uh, God calling you to things. Um, and one of the powerful things, from my understanding of Christianity, is that there is choice in what we do. It's not yeah. um, dogmatic in nature in that it forces you to do things. It's no. everything's by invitation, and it's your choice whether or not you choose to follow or accept or, or mm. receive love or all of yeah. that stuff, yeah. which ties in beautifully with your story from the very beginning, you know, when you were in the revenue and you were, t- you were noticing that people were saying, I'm just uh, mm. this and I'm, I'm, I don't matter. And even mm. that early in your career, you were bothered by that. You yeah. know, it, it, it yeah. did something on the inside, yeah. um, which is beautiful that you've got to a place that you actually make that difference to young people's lives, you know. Uh, well, I believe that's that's what God has called me into. Mm. It was one of the reasons why, when I was asked to take on this role, I I agreed to do it um, because God gives you those opportunities to serve others, mm. and as you say, it's a choice. But I think you really need to take those when you can Mm. and they come along more often than you think i think (laughs) yeah it's it's, it's having the eyes isn't it to to see those opportunities um uh, i had a guy on the show uh vivek and he was talking about courage in opportunities Mm. uh, and not letting them pass by and 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 seeing them as obstacles but actually everything's an opportunity is yeah um yeah 
Are there people who come to mind that have challenged you or inspired you to grow in your courage? Anyone you'd like to shout out to? <laughs> I think one of the guys uh, who, when I first became a Christian, encouraged me always to ask questions mm -hmm. um, and really listen and talk about what the answers are. Um, because whenever you join something, whatever it might be, it's very easy to simply accept the prevailing situation. Um, but he said, you should always, you should always ask, listen, mm -hmm. don't assume you know the answer, but always ask. A guy called Vic Paul was always the guy that kind of just, and he was my first youth leader. It's that sense of, um, at 19, I wasn't that young, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that sense that he, he just wanted me to, to think, um, and then there's, I think there've been people who have inspired me because they've started something up. So when I left the revenue to join Interdev, which was the first organization, the vision that the, um, the founder had mm -hmm. to say, the world is changing. The Soviet union has gone. Mm -hmm. The opportunities to share the gospel are ever growing right. and we can do it the old way. So various people go in and they do their little bit and they carve up the country or we can do it together. Mm -hmm. No, we're going to do this together. So Phil Butler was always to my mind, a, a hero, John Rogers, who was my leader at the time, that sense of really helping others to see there is a different option and mm. with appropriate training with thinking about it you can make the, a different choice mm. and then patrick mcdonald who started up an outfit called viva based in oxford again working with street children why again networking churches mm. because so many churches did so many good things but they mm. did it by themselves, by themselves yeah. and they could do so much more if they did it together. Mm. So for me, it's always been about bringing people together mm. to do something different. Mm. East to West is the same. It's about bringing people together so that we can better support young people. Mm. Um, you could do it by yourself, mm. but you're not going to be as effective no, you're doing not. it together. Um, and so it's those people who challenge the orthodoxy mm. that I, I, I always uh, kind of admire. Mm. And it's, it, there's, there's so much power in uniting uh, uniting together, isn't there? Yes. Uh, whether you're a church or an organisation or anything like that, when yeah. you when you work together in a team environment, yeah. um, the results are compound. Uh, they're multiplied, aren't they? Yeah. As opposed to, um, yeah, you know, as far as you can get to on your own. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's helping people see that there are challenges to that. Mm. But asking the question, what is it that unites us? What is it that we can agree on? Mm. And focusing on that. Mm. Because if you spend all the time focusing on what you don't agree on, you'll be here till the end of time. It's <laughs> hard to find something that you completely agree on with, with yourself, let alone another yeah, person. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But there are many things that we can agree to work together on. Mm without agreeing everything without agreeing everything, and it's making that choice mm. so yeah that's good yeah if you could sum up everything that we've talked about today and if you if you imagine someone's listening at home thinking 
Yeah, I got a lot out of that. What would you what would you say would be the most important thing that you would want someone to leave with? I think firstly that they should value themselves. Mm. Secondly, that they can learn and always learn. And the third thing is they can make a different choice if they want to. Mm. Brilliant. And with those three things, if they're too much of a challenge, where would you say what would you say would be a good thing to start with? Valuing. Valuing. Themselves. Because I think it's where it starts. And mm. it's not about, you know, a, an arrogance. It's not an arrogance. Mm. It's simply recognizing I have value. Mm. If you're a Christian, because you, you know that God created you, if you're not, but the reality is you're a human being mm -hmm. and you have value. Mm. It's brilliant. Such a great place to start. And I think, sadly, um, I haven't got any evidence to back this up in terms of statistics, but it, it seems like it's it's common that yeah. people are devaluing themselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. more and more. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great if we had an organization that worked with young people to help them understand their value? <laughs> Recommend anyway? Yeah, I could think so. <laughs> um, brilliant. Uh, you've talked about East to West quite a lot today, which I'm really thankful for. Is there anything uh, you'd like to say before we uh, wrap up today about East to West? I think um, if you have a youngster in a local school that, you know, might be struggling, um, then get in touch with your East to West worker, mm -hmm. um, see if they can help them. Um, we're not a silver bullet, mm -hmm. but we can offer hope. Okay. I'm a parent. I've got a child who's struggling. I would knock on the door at school to say, have you got an East to West supporter that works here? Mm -hmm. Can my child come and uh, receive that resource yeah. and go from there? Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant. And do you have a website that people could find you on? Yeah. So if you want to have a look at uh, www.easterwest.org.uk mm -hmm. and then you can see all about us there. Brilliant. I'll put some links in the description as well so that people can uh, quickly click on that and find out what you guys are Fantastic. all about. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and being on the Going Courage <laughs> podcast. It's a real pleasure, Rick. Thanks very much for putting me at ease. I appreciate it. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I think you brought a lot of wisdom um, and uh, uh, just understanding a little bit more about what East to West does. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been, it's been brilliant. Hey, really hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't already, do hit that subscribe button because it really helps this channel grow. And if you don't already know, we now have a Courage Journal called The Courage Journal. You can find out more about this and order your copy at www.goencourage.com. So until next time, whatever you're doing in life, keep moving forward and go encourage. See you on the next one.